everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston, and this evening I'm joined by the cliff to my Kingsbury, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. I would much rather be like the magician to your circus or something along those lines. Yeah. I just... I don't want to be Kingsbury because it sounds too much like Dingleberry. Oh, so I was going through, you know, for the season preview, doing the doing all the homework, you know, for it, and I was looking at each team's coaching staff too this year, and all so like it's like NFL has like the same template for everything, uh, like how the coaching staff, like the photos are, the roster set up, the depth chart looks, but uh-huh. Arizona, if you look up their coaching staff, it's just a picture of clean. Of Cliff Kingsbury takes up the entire screen. It's his head takes up the whole screen, and then it's like all the other coaches below that's like, yeah, he's really hot, and so I'm gonna make sure. So we gotta make sure that you know that he's sexy, and you have to see a big picture of Cliff Kingsbury. Man, I feel like that we're gonna have to do some type of top hundred list because there's a lot of sexiness going on with some of these players and coaches. Because if if you're thinking about with Arizona. How if you want to distract people from his coaching qualities to see if he can run plays, let's just talk about how hot he is. Let's just go that route. Let's just take the shallow way. And you know what? I bet you people buy into it. ESPN seems like they like him. Yeah. I'm never going to turn this into uh, Entertainment Weekly, you know, Sexiest Man Alive. So we're going to turn this into. That's what we need to. We need to have our own magazine. Yeah, the Battle Red magazine. Top 100 hots. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would just be pictures of me, though. Okay, nobody would nobody would want that. That's that's not what I was talking about. I was referring to actually athletes, okay. not just random dudes who sit in the dark being creepers. Hey, it's nine. It's nine fifty four. It's creeper hours. I'm it's trying. Not- this is creeping hours, Taylor. Dude, it's like the water burger. You don't serve breakfast after till eleven. You don't creep till after eleven. That's the rules. No, no, but it's different now that you know I, I'm a married man with a kid. My hours are different. So like nine o'clock's now eleven o'clock. Okay, I'm so I just sent you this. Look at how ridiculous this is. His is. face takes up the whole thing, <laughs> the whole screen. Is that look at Cliff? Look how look how sexy he is. That's our only coach. By the way, I'm just I'm not impressed here. I'm not I'm not feeling the sexiness vibe at all. Maybe when he was the first hot commodity, because it was all about just, you know, comparing him to the others. But no. I you know what? I choose McVeigh. He I don't know. He has such a weird shaped head. Yeah, he You does. know what? You know who I actually is probably the hottest coach in this division? Andy Reid? Oh, in this division. Pete Carroll. Okay. I think Pete Carroll's the hottest coach in this division. I don't want to do this anymore. This is taking a dark turn. He's like a 72-year-old surfing sugar daddy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, who also has his own island. Yeah, yeah, he does have his own (laughs) island. But it's for surfing, though. It's a secret surfing spot. Of course. Surfing only. And for us waxing the boards, because that's all we do down here. Yeah, there's no temple there. There's no bull head sh- uh, statues anywhere. There's no gazebos that are blue and white striped at all. There's nothing like that there. Just a shack that says we serve candy. 
No, it's no, it's uh, it's boardwax, you know. Oh, boardwax. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that was the shack I was right next to. There's not just one shack for candy. There could be a candy shack and a boardwaxing shack. I guess so. But yeah, I think Pete Carroll's the hottest coach in this division. You make me sick. So if you didn't know this, we're previewing, we're ending the 2021 NFL divisional previews with the NFC West tonight, and we're going to kick it off with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the last time we saw the Arizona Cardinals, we watched John Wolford play against, not Colt McCoy, who was the backup in Arizona um, after Collar got hurt? It was John Wolford versus... I don't know. I don't I know. Can't. Who cares? Colt McCoy's a backup now. <laughs> but it was John Wolford versus another guy. Week 17, the Cardinals were 8-7. and seven. Uh, They needed to beat Los Angeles to make the postseason, and uh, they lost because... John Wolford, you know, scramble all over him. And kind of David Kyler Murray usually does the opposite direction. Um, but the weird thing about the Cardinals last year, though, is everybody was like, this is the new smart team in football. This Look how hot the head coach is. Look, they they like to use empty backfield sets and five wide receivers. This is going to be the the best offense in the NFL. It's taking the league by storm. And that offense was Kyler Murray scrambles and DeAndre Hopkins curling out routes. And that was the entirety of their offense. And then once they played the New England Patriots, and the Patriots kind of showed the rest of the league, hey, don't chase Murray, just corral him like you're like it's like a bunch of hunting dogs trying to like corner like a like a raccoon or something like that. And don't chase after him, just corner him and corral him and force him to the sideline, and don't let him you know run for positive yards. And once they did that, that was kind of like the end of Arizona's offensive success. And then they struggled throughout the rest of the year. Um, did you like watching the Cardinals at all last season? Hold on, was it Brett Hundley? No, 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 no. Okay, maybe maybe a year behind. All right, either way, no, when I didn't like him. I was excited last year. I was blowing them up, thinking that they were going to be something special. I was one of the ones that hopped on their bandwagon, thinking that Kyler Murray is going to be the one to watch, thinking that he has now DeAndre Hopkins. They're just going to be destroying the world together. And it was boring. They were that's extremely the, boring. They couldn't block. The, they couldn't run the ball at all. They tried to run the ball a lot. And that's what the most disappointing thing to me. I mean, it's not the fact that they finished 8-8 and because you could still, people want to say, all right, it's Kyler Murray. He had some injuries. You know, the leg wasn't right or ankle. Then he had that shoulder. Either way, he was always nicked here and there. I think my main overall issue was they were boring and awful to watch. You would think because we were talking about, oh, this sexy coach, he's going to be coming out running the Texas Tech offense. It's going to be going crazy. It's boring to watch Arizona. And that shouldn't be the case at all. It should at least be a fun team to see. But it, it wasn't even that last year. Yeah, it was, it was extremely – it was a slog watching them. Because, again, it, they had two plays that worked. Yeah, it was a chore. It was it was Murray scrambles and DeAndre Hopkins out on curl routes. And then occasionally they would, like, throw a vertical pass to Christian Kirk or uh, Isabella or Hopkins. And, like, yeah, those worked better, especially going vertical to Hopkins. But they were just so focused on, you know, trying to move the chain in a really boring way possible. And the other weird thing, too, with uh, Murray last year is he just had games of so that game they had against Carolina where he would just, like, look hungover where his accuracy was awful and the ball came out of his hand weird and he was throwing uh, unidentified flying objects across the field instead of tight, you know, sexy little spirals, you know what I mean? And uh, so there's just off games from him in general. I think the offensive scheme was really boring. 
um, well, you mentioned they were just like, they weren't very much fun at all. Well, no, and I actually, to go back to the other thing that you mentioned, I completely agree where it's once teams figured out what New England was doing, where it's like, hey, let's just don't run after him. And if you're just keeping him in where you're, you're obviously making him force the ball, it just seemed like a Lamar Jackson situation where he wasn't even hitting the open guys. If you gave him all the time in the world, he wasn't able to do his juke on you to be able to go downfield. He truly would be missing open, wide open throws. And it was also the fact where it was then like a Carson Wentz situation. Matt, there were games where you and I were just staring at each other because all he would do is just stare at DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. That's all he would do every single play is just look at DeAndre Hopkins because I'm just going to throw it to him eventually. That Hail Mary pass, it wasn't even that good. It just shows you how great Hopkins is. Kyler Murray, it, it reminded me a, Lamar, a lot of Lamar Jackson because it's both guys haven't taken a step forward here. Yeah, I mean, Jackson's like, we've, you know, we've talked about before, like for three years now, it's been the sideline passing. I think for Murray, though, it's just more like... Um, I, it just he's not consistent enough week to week, and I, I think a lot of it's accuracy. Yeah, he looks to run, and then yeah. I think it's also the offense too. So, like, who are you like when we're talking about Arizona this year? Who are you more concerned with about limiting Arizona this season, Cliff Kingsbury or Kyler Murray? Probably Kingsbury, and that's just because I feel like that Kyler Murray with coming into the league, I feel like everything is just being called by Kingsbury. I don't think it's anything where it's Kyler making control over the offense or the one making those decisions or plays or anything or just doing it on the spot here. I think it's all because everyone expected Kingsbury to be this offensive genius, and he's proven that he's not. And I think he's going to hold them back. Yeah, I, I agree that with that too. I think it's I think it's Kingsbury is the one that's like more of a concern for the team than Kyler. So I think Kyler, the talent's undeniable. He's really good at like specific things. His accuracy can be really good. He can make a bunch of big time throws, but like I think the offense is holding back. And again, like we mentioned, it's like the play by like it's like the week to week consistency from him is missing too. But I think Kyler's close though. I mean, I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury's close. You know, because there's there's two things they do well, and that's whenever they operate out of, uh, personnel without tight end. So one running back, zero tight ends. They ran 20% of the time. They averaged close to 7 yards of play. They had DBA of 18.7%. But whenever they went empty, they averaged 7.5 yards per play and had a DBA of 49.5%. They were like a really quick tempo too. Despite not having a good offensive good offensive line, they're able to you know, still not have very many issues at all, like Murray taking sacks or big hits. I think their screen game works well. Um, and they do a good job like in the quick passing game. But it's like, how is he going to... I think the problem, like mainly with Cliff, is how often they try to run the ball when they have a really bad run blocking offensive line. When they really do try to run the ball uh, more often, than they should. And I think it's like how often they create more vertical passes too, more explosive plays. So they're missing that, and uh, and really like it's. I think again, like that. I know I mentioned already, but just the running the ball thing is really important because it just kills drives. You know, and, like you watch Buffalo and Buffalo had bad run offense last year, and like. Hey, we're gonna run the ball four times this game. Who cares? Because you can't be stopped whenever you know we operate on the shock and that sort of thing too. So I think uh, Arizona like needs to go all the way spread. You know they haven't gone full spread. And they need to. Tell me all the time. Tell you bringing up Cowboys every chance, but I just have to bring in Buffalo every chance I get. <laughs> That's all you. But when it comes down to this team, I completely agree. But didn't they actually add to the offensive line here? 
Well, they traded for Ronnie Hudson, so he's Does starting he? at center. But uh, the rest of the offensive line is pretty much the same. Well, I mean, does, isn't that what you want at least? That you're at least adding another piece for Kyler Murray to help protect him? They, they did so. the same thing Seattle did. They're like, all right, offensive line isn't very good, but we're going to get one of the Raiders cast off. So the, the Seahawks got Gabe Jackson. Like, all right, that should keep Russell happy now. And the Cardinals added Ronnie Hudson. Like, okay, that's what that's all we needed, you know? I feel like that's going to at least be able to help them. I mean, who knows? Oh, yeah, it's going to help. It's going to be better. But, like, again, it could improve the rooming game. Do you know, or running game, rooming game. Running game when it comes to Chase Edmonds. And now they have James Conner, Matt. James Conner. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for him to have 12 carries and get hurt by week two. Uh, do you think that AJ Green is going to be a factor, though, with this team as well? No, he was awful last year. Yeah, but now you have him with Deion. There's no pressure. He's just with- old, though. You can't You're, fix old. You can fix old if you have Kirk and you have Hopkins around him. It all depends he on... He looked like a dying horse last year. They don't have a tight end, though, do they? They got Max Williams with two X's. Do you like Max Williams? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I don't think he's that good, He's like I, He's like Dan Arnold. They're like the exact same player. I'm not sure if I'm impressed here. I And otherwise, is this just Arizona taking just pretty much the castaways from teams? And just putting them on, and hopefully that they're going to be able to work together as one crew. Well, it's kind of they're kind of like I like the idea of Arizona being a retirement home because that's what the state of Arizona is. Like JJ, come on over. AJ Green, come over here. Ronnie Hudson, come on. You know, and so they have they. I like the idea that they always keep four or five you know players in their career. Uh, They signed Malcolm Butler, and he retired actually before the season even started, which you know adds to that too. So their quarterbacks this year, Byron. Murphy, Robert Alford, and Mario Mario Wilson. So I don't know what they're going to do at cornerback. Like Butler was kind of bad last year. He got targeted a ton, but was better than he was in 19. Um, they're still counting him to start cornerback, you know. So then in this case, do you feel like that Arizona is going to be able to take Because what you're sounding like and what I'm sounding like here, because it's kind of tying into my Q prediction, I don't think Arizona's going to be better. And in fact, I could hey, see them being worse. I kind of think of them like Minnesota right now. Like, I think Re- they're kind of, I, I kind of like Vegas too. Like, I think they're kind of stuck, you know? But I think the difference between Arizona and Minnesota and Las Vegas is that Arizona, kind of like Green Bay, Green Bay in 2019, like, there's a big improvement here offensively if they just get better with their offensive scheme. You know what I mean? So, like, if Cliff actually, like, goes full spread, they do a better job creating vertical passing attack, and they stop running the ball in, in silly times, um, installing their offense out, and if Kyler Murray's, like, 20% less hungover this season, this offense could be really good. Like, they have every way you could want to attack a, a defense, and, like, you can't tackle Kyler Murray either. You know, he's a grease weasel, you know? And so I think that's the difference between he's those teams. family guy. You're never going to catch me. <laughs> that's exactly what he is. Uh, oh, you caught me. But uh, I think the difference with those, like with Minnesota and like Vegas and teams that are stuck, like I think they're kind of maxed out in the situation that they're in. Whereas with Arizona, I think there is a big like level improvement they're seeing for them available. And it seems pretty obvious at, at this point in time. But it's like, is Cliff going to get them there, you know? So then fully, and I think I'm on the same page here where I completely agree where this is hot seat time. This is before the season even starts. Kingsbury's going to have to be able to put this team into the playoffs. Otherwise, he's fired. And then they're going to go a completely different direction because you would have to, with to your point with the offensive side, 
something needs to be able to take a step. And you can't just stay the same where you go eight and nine or you're going seven and ten. You just can't do that now. You have to be able to have a winning record with this team, especially with Kyler. I mean, if teams are going to be rushing at him, I feel like that no matter what, he's going to be able to get around you and he's going to get at least 20 yards. He'll do it to Dallas every freaking time. Mm-hmm. But if you stay still and if teams just follow that method, he could also be in for a rough season at, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard, it's just hard to bring him down. So, like, I think it just leads to more incompletions, that sort of thing. But, I mean, it's Cliff's third year. And so, I mean, I think he's an interesting, you know, hot seat sort of uh, coach. I think the, the the far and away runner is Jim Nagy in Chicago as being, like, the first coach fired sort of guy. Um, but, yeah, I can see the – it's also – he's yeah, he has Andy. He, he has Andy on his side. He has it completely – so like, do you like their defense? So their defense, they added J.J. Watt. Uh, Chandler Jones is back from injury. They drafted Zayvon Collins in the first round. Their defensive line, they do have Jordan Phillips. Um, they have Lakey Foto, who's a good like interior bull rushing offensive line or defensive lineman can collapse the pocket. They have Corey Pierce and Rashad Lawrence as you know big fat run stoppers. They drafted Isaiah Thomas in the top ten last year. Their safety combinations: Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And you know Baker is the best safety in football right now. They just don't have any cornerback play, though. But like, the front seven's deep. I think there's a lot. There's a big high ceiling with Simmons, even though he had a bunch of dumb penalties last year that hurt him. Um, I think Watt's going to be rejuvenated in Arizona and probably have, like, you know, at least 10 sacks, 12 sacks or so. And Chandler Jones, I think, is mad about his contract. And I would expect for him to bounce back pretty well this year, too. So are you are you enjoying Arizona's defense this year? I'm enjoying their linebacker play. I would say that I feel like they're going to have some quick little linebackers that are going to be able to run at you and be able to make some plays. Other than that, I just, I'm not big on the JJ Watt signing. And it's because it seemed like that all he wanted was the money. So yeah, I kind of wish he went somewhere else. I, it just seems weird for how much he took that a guy saying, oh, it's not about the money, except he went to the team that was going to give him the most. It, it just seems like that he may be checked out for me. Which I don't know if they're deep. I don't, think, I don't, I don't think he's checked out at all. I would say he's going to get injured a lot quicker this year than normal. That's where I mean by checked out. No, I don't think so. You know what? You can think whatever you want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I we, it, Taylor, I've watched JJ since 2012, and he's been incredible every year. And he's given so much to the city, and he <laughs> leaves his heart on the line week in and week out. It doesn't matter. You do not. Ever question the heart inside that man's torso? Never. Oh my god, this is disgusting. Well, you know what? Should I just take a time out right now? Then yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever question that man's toughness? I'm still sticking to this. JJ Watt takes a step back even further this year. How about that? I mean, he had five sacks last year on a really bad defense. Yeah, he's gonna have two. This season. All right. Well, do, you, do you think him or Chandler Jones has more sacks this year? Chandler Jones. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, the, the thing I like about Arizona's defense, and they've always been like this, is they blitz a lot. It doesn't matter who the defensive coordinator is. They always blitz a ton. Um, Vance Joseph's their DC. They blitz five, the fourth most, uh, the fourth highest rate in football last year, and six plus, the second highest rate in football. But they play a lot of man coverage. And so, like, the problem here, though, again, is that their cornerback play is really bad. Uh, their corners are really bad. I agree. And so it's it. like, I don't know if they can be able to blitz at that same level. 
and be able to survive it all. So I think that's kind of part of the thing with the Watt signing, just like they can play Watt and Chandler Jones, get some Dennis Gardecki out there, some Jordan Phillips, some they don't hit the folks here on the inside. Um, and they also have Marcus Golden, Devin Kennard, and those are good like outside, you know, pass rushers and blitzers too. And then like Collins and Simmons can both blitz you know, theoretically as well. So they're set up to like be a really good blitzing front seven. But again, like the cornerback play here is just so bad that I don't think they're going to blitz as much as they you know, would want to in this situation. Well, the good news is they don't have any good quarterbacks in this division. So the quarterbacks aren't that important, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous, which I completely agree with you. It just seems like that, just like I was saying, if they're not able to touch that quarterback, then they're in for a rude awakening here. Because they're also going up against quarterbacks that love to throw the ball. And we don't know what the hell San Francisco is going to be doing half the time. But the other two, they're going to be able to throw the ball against this defense. And that's just going to be problems for them left and right. So then it goes back to if Kyler and that offense is going to be that electric that people are expecting. But the defense, I just, I don't see it here, man. I just, I, I think this is bottom tier. I really do. And it's because they, they don't have enough. Yeah. Again, it's just on the outside, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just it's not enough for me in a passing league. When every team, all they want to do is just throw the ball deep and you don't have guys that are going to be able to cover that. Trust me, as a Cowboys fan, it happens where they just destroy you. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, got, I, I really love their, I just, and their offense is so good on paper, though. You it know, is. I'm looking at it. I'm just drooling up the mouth. I'm salivating. Slash you know, Hopkins, like, Kirk. Yeah. AJ, I mean, like I think Green's done. Andy Isabella's like a tantalizing deep throw. He's never done anything. They also drafted. They also drafted Rondale Moore in the second round. He's like a Tavon Austin sort of player too. Um, and I'm still laughing about Max Williams with two X's. Like, how about like a, you know somebody named Matthew, but they have two W's at the end, you know, or Taylor with two R's at the end. <laughs> well, you know what? What if it's like Max? I think he should do uh, he should do three X's. Well, then there's also Max Crosby with the Raiders. Throw another X on there, Max. If if you know what, if you you know, you should have just named your son Max with three X's. Yeah. You know, what? Yeah. are you too late to change him? Yeah, it's too late for that. He got he got his he got his car in the mail, but I got plenty I got plenty more nuts left. You know. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Thank God. Even if it's a girl, who cares? You're gonna name her Max with three X's. Yes. Yes. Or I know Maxine with three X's in the middle. Ooh. And she's going to end up on the real world one day. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. All right, so my cute little prediction for the Cardinals is that J.J. Watt has more sacks than Chandler Jones. I'm going to put him at 12 sacks this season for J.J. Wow. You're expecting. Don't you ever, ever Whoa. question the... the character Whoa. of that man. Don't you ever. You are going out of your mind. Okay. Again, I'm not selling. My cute little prediction is that they have a losing record and that they missed the playoffs. And I think that they're going to be 7-10 and 10 and Kingsbury's fired after the end of the season. So, oh, so you're going, Cliff is going to be fired. Yeah. All right. So I have 7-10 and 10 and Cliff's fired at the end of the season. Yeah, um, so do you, what do you think has a better chance of improving their offense or their defense this year? Offense. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to do... This front like, seven's really good though. And I Baker's think, so good also. Yeah, do you really think JJ's going to be healthy enough for 12 sacks this season? Yeah, I think so. 
You're out of your damn. I, I just think don't play them on first or second down. Don't. That's- but there's, there's no reason to. On first and second well, down. he's gonna make. He's not gonna. You can't keep Jage in the sideline. Yeah. You can't keep that dog chained to a post. They're gonna play him, man. Every single play, he's gonna die. Yeah. Well, I think he'll be fine. I think he's been really good this year. So I was like in, in my kitchen last week, and I was thinking about the NFL season coming up. It's like, damn, I'm actually gonna miss watching him play every week, you know? Because at least like even whenever the Texans were bad, you're like, well. Whenever Watt's healthy, you just watch Watt the entire game. And that was always fun to do. Now it's like, oh, I'm going to watch uh, Charles Omenihu every play. <laughs> wow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh, I'm going to watch Christian Kirksey being unable to defend the the intermediate middle of the field and give up seam shots over and over again. Ooh, I'm going to watch Vernon Hargreaves <laughs> give up uh, 84 first downs this year. Yeah. Ooh, it's going to be so much fun. There's so much anger behind this. And you know what? I'm in full support over it because I am going through a rough little time myself, but it's nice to know that somebody always has a worse pain than mine. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, my my hurt's not the worst, but it's mine, and I'm feeling it right now. So the over-under for the Arizona Cardinals is 8.5. I'm taking the under. I'm going 8-9. and nine. See, I'm taking the under. I got them at 7-10. and 10. I hope they're good, though. Me too, but I'm not buying in. I did this last season, man. I was expecting big things. It blew up in my freaking face. Yeah, you you lost a whole lot. I so like, okay, if you had to pick between Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Arizona being good this year, which one would you pick? I pick Cincinnati personally. I was gonna say I think I may go, but I would hope Cincinnati. But I also think that Arizona could anyway get the third team out of there. But I would, man, that's a toss up for me. That's hard. I'm gonna say Arizona. I'm gonna say Arizona. I really have Cincinnati be good. I would. Re- I really like Kyler Murray, man. When it comes to watching them play, and I love me some DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I really like. They should be so much better. I hope. Okay. So this quarterback that started week seventeen, it was Chris Strebler. What did you call me? Chris Strebler. I don't believe you. He went eleven for sixteen for hundred five yards, one touchdown, one interception. Kenyon Drake, ten carries, thirty six yards. That's good, right? Yeah, they lost eighteen to seven. Hey, he's on the Raiders now. They're gonna kill it. <laughs> of course. John Green just can't help himself ever. Never. So the next team here, the Los Angeles Rams, as we call them, Larm. And Larm, the last time we saw them last year, Jared Goff's thumb was screwed up. They couldn't handle the Packers' balanced passing attack. Aaron Donald was punching offensive linemen because he was sad that he was getting blocked. Jalen Ramsey was on the sideline screaming at his teammates after the first series of the game. Uh, he gave up a touchdown after like a quick motion. Went across the went across the field and he was you know, running behind and gave up a touchdown on that and uh, down by two scores Jared Goff could not do anything at all whatsoever so to fix that issue the Rams are the exact same team minus a whole slew of defensive players but instead of Jared Goff is Matthew Stafford um, did you like the decision to trade for Matthew Stafford and do you think this is what the Rams are the Rams really just a Matthew Stafford away from being back to being a Super Bowl caliber team. 
Yes. I love me some Stafford. I'm so biased in this, though, because I've always had a man crush on him ever since he was in Georgia. Yeah, where... since you were like 12 years old. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He was just one of the first quarterbacks I ever truly watched. He's, he's, a, he's your Carmen Electra. That's exactly what he <laughs> is. Except he didn't marry Dennis Rodman. Thank God. But when it comes I, to... I Matt... still have dreams about that poster on the back of Kevin's door. Oh, uh, man. I... That was screwed up. Well, that one was just dirty. Yeah. Oh, you can, hey, man, if you're 12 years old, just go into Spencer's. That's all you need to do and look at the posters. I promise you, it's pretty much just soft core. That was the horniest middle school bedroom of all time. <laughs> oh, my God, because there was like three of them. Yeah. His parents would walk in and be like, hey, guys, you guys need anything to eat? No, we're okay. All right. And then it's like a big old Carmen Electra ass. Just yes. Right and then as soon as they closed the door, we'd yell obscenities at them. Yeah, that's what you guys would do. I was very... <laughs> Right, you guys are just horrible people. <laughs> I love me some Matthew Stafford. I think that this team is now going to be in true contention, where you're not going to want to see them in the playoffs, because I truly believe that he makes them such a better team. Where now all of the offensive players go a step above. I feel like everyone is now going to be able to benefit. The only thing I'm truly like back and forth with is kind of their running situation. I don't know if I like Daryl Henderson. They don't, don't like Daryl Henderson. I understand why. I love Daryl Henderson. And now they have Sony Michelle, yeah. which you would think they're He's probably. Bad. I think they're going to be using him more, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't know what Daryl Henderson did to them. But yeah, they, Henderson was better than Cam Akers last year. He was better than Cam Akers two years ago. And uh, they they constantly are you know, pushing him out. So I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on over there with it. He may have done something where he just doesn't listen to the plays properly or whatever. They run but, like two plays. Hey man, they maybe, run they run outside oh, zones to the right. Then they run outside zones to the left. And then sometimes they'll run a power pulling play to counter it. Listen, I don't know, maybe you and Daryl Henderson needs to hang out or something because you're really defending him quite a bit here. It's making me I uncomfortable. Like him. Well, Give you him know the what? ball. Maybe, him. maybe you should talk to him about this cuz I it, wish. Hey. I like everything else, though, about this offense, and I think they're going to be extremely dangerous. They're going to put up so many points. I'm expecting big things because Matthew Stafford, even though he has no playoff wins, he's going to be the best. So I think the big difference here is Jared Goff last year in deep passes. A 40, he had a 38.4% completion percentage through three touchdowns and three interceptions. Averaged 9.8 yards in attempt. Matthew Stafford, even without Kenny Galladay, throwing a Marvin Jones and Quintus Cephas, he was 47% deep passing, uh, 1,393 yards, eight touchdowns and zero interceptions, 13.4 yards in attempt. And that was kind of, I think, like, golf was like, you know, it's always kind of missed there. It's easy open throws. It's a lot of drags. It's a lot of wide receiver screens. It's a lot of jet sweeps. Um, and aside from, like, Brandon Cooks, they didn't really have, like, a deep passing ability uh, built in the offense. And they traded him, you know, last year, but he was even bad, you know, two years before that too. But I think that's what Stafford offers here is the ability to stretch the the defense out vertically instead of everything being so horizontal based. But the problem though, it's like their deep threats, their receivers are still Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson. Um, they drafted Tutu Atwell in the second round. He's like a he's like Rondell Moore, like he's a he's a cute little fast guy. 
And Deshaun Jackson's here at 35 years old, too. So, like, I just don't really know if the personnel lends itself to it. But I think Cup is a good deep threat in it whenever they, they do it. And I think the best thing they do, too, is they disguise their routes or, like, they run, like, sluggos and they run, you know, corner routes and they run routes that break up field after looking like something else, too. So, um, I, I think the difference is that Stafford can actually hit those throws that Goff failed to for, you know, going on three seasons now. Yeah, and I think the other big thing is because you and I have always made fun of it. I don't think Matthew Stafford has to be told by daddy what to do. Oh, exactly. And I think that's also kind of the big thing here besides because everyone's like, oh, Goff still has the experience in the playoffs. Goff still won games, blah, blah, blah. I think the main focus is truly like if things are kind of in the crap and nothing's working, you at least could be able to rely on Matthew Stafford to be able to change plays, make certain calls, be able to do things that would go against what McVay is telling him in the earpiece Versus what it always seemed like where McVay told Goff something and no matter what the play the defense was running, Goff is still going to run that play. And there was just nothing for him to do besides yeah. just listen to what daddy told him. Well, and, I, and, going, and going off that too, it's also like Stafford can play out the shotgun. Jared Goff has never been yeah. able to play out the shotgun at all. And uh, the game I was thinking about is like, I guess it was two years ago they played Carolina week one. They tried to run like a shotgun spread offense to change up, you know, what their offense was the year before the Super Bowl run. It lasted yeah. one half, and they're like, "He can't do it." I guess we'll just do exactly what we did last year because we can't do anything else. I guess, and I think that's the other thing too that Stafford brings is the ability to like they yeah. can run two different offenses. They can run a shotgun spread attack now, and they can also run their eleven personnel and play action and and horizontally stretching the defense, and then they go to their shotgun and be able to stretch it. I just wish they had like one. Like a like a deep threat you can rely on, you know, and they just don't really have that in this offense. I actually I think that if they have a running back, this team just becomes extremely deadly because they don't have that. I think you know what you're going to be able to get. They're not. I would just play the pass the entire time against this team. I don't think Sony Michelle is that great either. I also don't understand your love for Daryl Henderson because I don't think he's that great either. I just even Cam Akers, I was a big fan of. I don't think they have that type of position where if I'm a defense, I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm going to just look at the receivers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they could always sign Todd Gurley, you know. Well, they could, and that would just be so much. <laughs> oh, God. Talk about. For $700,000. So you want to come hang out for a little bit? I mean, I know we've been there, done that, but it was good when we did it, right? Yeah, like it's Thanksgiving break. <laughs> That's all it says, man. It's after dark. Nobody will know. I just hit you up one time. Yeah, it's creeping hours. <laughs> creeping time. Yeah. Um, well, so I mean, their offensive line is pretty much the same as last year. You know, it's going to be good again this season, too. And defensively, they lost a lot of starters, though. And they also lost their defense coordinator, Staley. He's now the head coach of the Chargers. But they lost Michael Brockers. They traded him to Detroit. They lost Morgan Fox, who signed with Carolina. They lost John Johnson, who signed with Cleveland. Troy Hill, signed with Cleveland. And they also lost Samson at Bauckham, who just makes big plays, you know. And they lost uh, Blake Bortles, too. Don't worry about Blake Bortles. Oh, no. Yeah. But they lost you know, six defensive starters last year. And really, the way their defense was set up is they played quarters. And they were all about stopping the pass, and they would come down and stop the run as they needed to. But it was, they found, they had like all these guys who were like fifth, sixth round picks who you made impact on their team, and they just built their defense around, you know, Ramsey and Donald. 
and then gave everybody else like really simple tasks and ability to make plays because of how much attention you know was kind of devoted to those two players um, from an offensive side of the ball. And they don't have those that depth now, though. You know what I mean? So like it's still down to Ramsey, but now you don't have those six guys backing him up. And uh, the defense just looks really skinny now. Like it looks really bare bone. I just don't. I and I and I they they have Raheem Morris is now gonna be their defensive coordinator too. He's like more like a blitz guy, simulate pressure guy too. And so I'm interested to see what type of defense he runs after how much success they had with that cover seven defense they ran last year under Staley too. So I just have a a bad feeling about their defense this year. You know what? I'm probably going to disagree with you in this sense where if you have Ramsey and Donald, at this point I think both guys have proven that they just carry the entire defense. Where with Donald, for example, when you have just plays of three guys going at him or blocking him in order to not be able to get him to the court, it's little things like that where even in the hard knocks where you just watch him go – it's disgusting what teams are going to have to do. So that's already two guys that just completely dominate the defensive side of the ball, where if you're on the other side, you have to be able to account for them. Otherwise, they're going to make plays on you. Yeah, they so, just don't have, like, you know, they just don't, they lost they don't their depth behind it. And yeah. like, I'm not worried about Ashawn Robinson and his weird shaped head. I'm not worried about that's Sebastian me. Joseph Day. I'm not worried about Justin Hollins. I'm not worried about Leonard Floyd. I know I know they paid Leonard Floyd big money because he all he was was no different than um, whenever Clay Matthews was there, and he had a bunch of sacks. And whenever Dante Fowler was there, had a bunch of sacks. It's need. no different because of how much Donald creates for everybody else too. Yeah. So I don't I and their safety play I don't like very much either. Um, you know Darius Williams is awesome along with Ramsey. So like and David Long is good too. So it's more than Ramsey like in the secondary, but they just don't have the safety play. They don't really have much interior linebacker play. And then it's just Aaron Dowell the entire the front seven. I just don't I just and I I look through their roster too, and I don't really see like anybody that really jumps out. It's like, you know, breakout sort of player. But the Rams have done a good job finding that though. Like they've done a great job developing talent and getting something on nothing, being able to turn the bottom of their roster and just allow this like Donald Ramsey combination to work as well as it has. I just don't see it right now though. And it's probably something like Six weeks from now, I'm gonna feel very stupid for this because you know I don't know because Justin Hollins is having a great season. You know, it's like yeah, I guess that's just what they do, and you just have to accept the fact that this is what the Rams are good at doing. But as of right now, I just don't. I have concerns about the defense, though. I kind of get what you're saying. If maybe they were to lose one of them, if I'm going off of though that they fall apart, is- they lost one of them. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm not going to disagree with that. But when it comes down to if this team was fully healthy the entire season, then I'm going to be a big believer in it. And it's because they have proven that you have to believe in them. They have made Jared Goff look better than what Jared Goff truly is. And everyone's going to find out in Detroit with the seven seconds he's going to have. When it comes down to if they were to lose somebody, you said it. They would be done. I, I just think even healthy, this defense is okay. Do you think it's better than Arizona's? Uh, yeah, because Arizona's cornerback plays so bad. Yeah, see, I mean, that's at least something here. Yeah, so it's, I, it's better than Arizona's, but it's still okay. like, um, I don't know. Like, it's I like I don't I'm not buying like Stafford's gonna make him a Super Bowl contender. Whoa, is really? a difference here. Yeah, I think Stafford at least makes an NFC Championship game. No, well, I'm not buying that either. 
I'll see. I'm buying all the way into that. Again, it's the NFC, man. You have to give me other teams that are going to be able to beat them. And in the NFC, that's what exactly what I'm saying. NFC, they, it's completely wide open where a team like the Rams with adding Stafford now becomes a true contender in that. Yeah, well, before we get to that portion of it, um, you know, my producer, our producer's chirp in my ear. We had to talk about Aaron Dalton real fast because of how good he was last year. He had 13 half sacks, 16 hits, 44 pr- pressures. But the bizarre thing about him is that the Rams had like a top two pass rush and they kept 53 sacks as a team, 8.6% just a sack rate, which is second, and a 30.2% pressure rate, which is second. It's all because of Aaron Donald. Like, Seymour Hanley is because of Aaron Donald. They had no other plus pass rushers. It was just Aaron Donald created for everybody else, you know? And that's where, aren't you the guy that always hates on him, too? No, no. I've, I'm the one who says Aaron Donald's better than J.J. Watt is. And even peak J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald's better. Whoa, whoa. See, what are you trying to say? Okay, and actually, I was the one that always disagreed with you on that because I still have to say I'm not buying into it until he starts catching TD passes. And they've never done that for him. He's like 6'2", though. Does it matter? I get the dominance factor, but until you're playing both sides of the ball, I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> So don't give me that, Mister. You don't blast me, all JJ. See, that was blasphemy. No, what but you—that's not you? the same thing as questioning his heart what? and his motivation. He's no longer and on his determination. So it doesn't matter. Once a Texan, always a Texan. No, that's not how that works. Yeah, that's how it works. Did you hear the Texans cancel practice today to have a barbecue? <laughs> was Deshaun there? I don't know. Uh, if he wasn't there, then it's not a happy barbecue. I, I was just laughing because the way they worded it was that they're having a scheduled team bonding time. Like it's like a like a whole like the whole day schedule is like ten o'clock <laughs> to ten thirty hand holding, ten thirty ten thirty five um, fornication, ten thirty five to ten forty uh, cuddling, ten forty to eleven thirty uh, commuting. It's like the whole day is broken down. It's like very like. A bizarre like robotic way you know Matt they're just having fun they're eating meat that's what you do in Texas you uh, have yeah. fun. well Texas means friends in uh in Mexican so that's in why me- in Mexican <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you call it then if it's not Mexican in Spanish I think nah that's not what it's called that's not what it's called this it's is called Texas Mex- there you know such thing as Spanish Oh, that's fine. There ain't no Spanish in Texas. The Rio Grande? Nope. It's Mexican. Nope. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, Aaron Donald's really good. So my cue prediction here for the Rams is that the offensive improvement is not enough to make up for the impending defensive drop-off. My cute little prediction is this team with Matthew Stafford it's going to be better and make the NFC Championship game. All right. Uh, wow. Yeah. What's going on, huh? I'm making the call that early. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's what I do here. I can't believe you have the, the nerve to do that. So the over-under is 10 and a half. I'm taking the under. I'm going 9 and 8. They don't make the playoffs. Oh my god, you son of a bitch. All right, I'm going over here. I am going 12 and 5. Jeez. What do you mean, jeez? 
you know, like I, I see, I mean, I see what's going on here. Man, like, this is going to be Rams versus Tampa. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I don't know who else you're going to put in the NFC Championship game, but you're out of your damn mind. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. Oh. James is better than Stafford yeah. is. Okay, no. Get ready. I'm just saying, get ready for it. That's not what James we're doing. James is going to have a better season than Stafford. Are they playing each other this year? I don't know. That has to be like a two-hour segment, if they are, of who's the better quarterback on hour one. Hour two is the actual preview. Yeah. It... <laughs> Um, so the next team here is the San Francisco 49ers. If you forgot, the 49ers were the most injured team in the NFL last season. They were also uh, the second most injured team in the history of adjusted, game, adjusted games loss, which is a really good statistic that Football Outsiders has that weights you know, starters so that way. It's not just like, oh, some third string kickers hurt, and that goes and counts to the injuries. It doesn't work like that. Um, they had a lot of injuries, though. It was Richard Sherman was hurt, Nick Bosa was hurt, Weatherspoon was hurt, uh, Tart was hurt, uh, D. Ford was hurt, Dre Greenlaw was hurt. Up and down the roster, they were hurt, 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 hurt. Uh, offensively, Garoppolo was hurt, George Kittle was hurt. They had like twelve different offensive line combinations last year because they were hurt. They had five different running backs because they were all hurt. Uh, Debo Samuel was hurt at times last year too. They went through the whole thing. Um, they were completely hurt. This year, though, the 49ers are healthy, and they're they're following the hungover remorse the other thing, too. You know, every time a team loses in the Super Bowl, it usually takes them two years to recover from uh, that traumatic experience. And so here we are, the 49ers with Trey Lance, and they're healthy. I think the 49ers are going to be really good this year. I want to believe you. I And I, by the way, I want to buy into this team so much because last year, it's so funny. Whenever you look at their depth chart, it's just truly all red because it just shows like out, 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 out. Everything is just IR, IR. And you would think that for this season, obviously, it's not going to be as bad to where even on the defensive side, top to bottom, this is, this is insane because they should just be truly dominant. But I hate their quarterback. And I, Jimmy G is going to be a starter here. There's no way. I, Matt, I just they don't, can't start him. I just don't see. I'm not hearing any reports that Trey Lance is knocking out of the park. Are you? They have, well, yeah. They, I mean, they said like he was great this preseason, but they haven't announced anything yet. Still, they I still know. have another week. I, you can't start Jimmy though. You can't. You know what? I'm just going to jinx myself because you've been right this entire time in the off season. I'm going to say that they still don't start him and. Even if they do, this is still going to be a learning. It's going to be if they start Garoppolo, they're still going to be good. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to be like I don't know, like Super Bowl caliber. No, they're like, not. That's the point. Like they're still going to be good. I think they're going to be really good Garoppolo still. Yes, but like it completely removes the ceiling from it. The thing about Lance though is his rushing ability, and we haven't. The last time we saw like a Kyle Shanahan offense with the runner was RG 3s rookie year. And that year, RG3 had a 63% completion percentage, close to 4,000 yards passing, 24 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, but he carried the ball 134 times for 764 yards and 9 touchdowns, and a DVOA of 12.6%, which was actually even higher than his DVOA as a a passer as well too that year. And, like, I think, like, 
that's what we're looking at when Lance starts. It's like you're getting kind of like an RG3 sewer season with Shanahan. And Shanahan's going to become more creative, uh, more interesting as a run schemer too. And you take this like newer, smarter, wiser Shanahan with another quarterback with running ability like this. And also has the ability to actually make throws downfield. Something Garoppolo's awful at. Kind of like the same thing with Jared Goff, like we talked about earlier, the difference between him and Stafford. And I think it's a no-brainer decision. Like, I think you have to you have to start Lance. Uh, Matt, I'm going to agree with everything you just said. Now, except for the fact where I don't think they are going to start Lance. I do think, and it's because what you also mentioned, this team is still going to be good with Garoppolo. It's not to say that they're not going to be bad with either quarterback here. I just think, I'll put it this way. If they start Garoppolo, I think they... I would be so disappointed. I think they actually don't make it into the playoffs. I think if healthy, I think this team even makes it a little bit deeper than what they would with Trey Lance. And that's just because with Trey Lance, I think there's going to be a learning curve here. I get the run game is going to be insane. And by the way, the 49ers drafted two other running backs. Because you know they lost so many that they have to just keep stockpiling running backs because they're just preparing for the inevitable. But I think that even with the Trey Lance, it's a running game. I get that's a, that's a good Elijah Mitchell pull. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I I don't like the offense. I'm just I'm gonna I say, it. and I think and I disagree with the Lance thing because it's a pr- like. They make this offense set that's easy for a quarterback to run. You know, like it's Fair. a again, it's the same thing with McVay too. A lot of slants, a lot of quick crossing routes, a lot of screen passes. And they they, the, their receivers block really well too. Kittle's the best blocking blocking tight end um, I've ever seen in you know, my life. You know, and you add all that, and it's just like you Lance's ability to make those like big play throws that Garoppolo can't make. And so I think it's an easy offense. I think Lance would be able to like run it comfortably pretty quickly. And it just gives you the other dimension of him as a runner, as a vertical thrower. That I, I just you can't you can't do it. And uh like I agree, like they're gonna be pretty good with Garoppolo. But I think it's like I'll be so sad though. It'd be the biggest disappointment of the year for me. But let me ask you, and that's kind of where I met you, and I don't think you're on the same boat, maybe you are. With Garoppolo, I feel like they would make it farther in the playoffs than they would with Trey Lance. I don't think do you- so. You would think otherwise, that they would make it farther with Trey Lance and they would grow. Sure. I'm only saying this because it's his first year. You're still going off of that this guy has been there, done that with this type of offense. Yeah, but Garoppolo Texas. won games throwing nine passes. Oh, <laughs> and I, that's your whole run. I, he was like nine for 12 for 105 but, yards. But it's still going back to the same issue that you have with Garoppolo. And until Trey Lance shows me otherwise, there's going to be a point, especially in the playoffs, where you have to have your quarterback be able to make the throw. Yeah, I think Lance can make that throw that Garoppolo didn't make in the Super Bowl. Until Lance shows me otherwise, you can't even make that assumption. You're making assumptions about Lance like he's something special here. What do you know that I don't? Hey, you don't watch North Dakota State? I don't. You're not a Bison fan? He threw two interceptions in college. And and he threw zero play it happened in the actual season he played with zero but he threw two and uh, no he threw one he threw one interception and it was in the covid year he played one game they and they stopped playing after that year that's good yeah he's gonna be really spectacular you kidding me here he's gonna be great dude garoppolo is so starting after what that just yeah he's so starting this year watch the film 
Watch the video. Go pull up the lands. Watch the highlights of Trey Lands from North Dakota State then. You, you mean got five like minutes. two years ago? Watch highlights from two years ago? I'm going to pause this and we'll watch it real fast and you're going to feel completely different about this. I'm not going to feel anything. Uh, do you want to hear the regression numbers for San Francisco last year? Yeah, but that's not their fault, but sure, give them to so me. So the plexiglass, negative seven. They won seven, game, seven less games last year compared to uh, 2019. Their turnover differential, negative 11. Three and five one-score games. They won 1.6 game, one point six less games than expected. They played the third toughest schedule. They're the most injured team in football, and they still finished 11th in DVOA despite all the injuries and everything they went through too. Um, this year they played the 25th toughest schedule in football, um, and they're expected to be top 10 DVOA as well too. And they're also like not super old. They're kind of middle of the pack in that, in that age range also. Like, I think this is a bounce back. Like, I think this is a Super Bowl caliber team. If Lance starts, if Garoppolo's here, it's like they could probably get in, but it's like based on the rest of the team being healthy and them winning as a team entirely compared to, I think, where the ceiling can be with Lance, though. Well, they're going to be good regardless, but uh, I think this team could go to the Super Bowl with Lance, though. No, not even close to buying that. I think that this team is going to be a playoff contender easily. I think this team is going to be dangerous with that defense. Top to bottom, I love everything about it. I think that if you're a quarterback, you don't ever want to see this team. But I don't like their quarterback play for me to ever be able to have confidence. I think that the moment that the money's on the line and the quarterback has to make the throw until Trey shows me, I'm not buying it, man. I think this is just a playoff team, not a true contender for the Super Bowl team. I uh, It's funny. Like, the way I feel about the Rams' defense is how you feel about the Niners' offense. It is exactly, probably, yes, it's exactly the same, it seems. Are you worried about the Niners defense dropping off at all without Robert Sala here and D'Amico Ryans taking the reins? I mean, no, nothing at all am I worried about this defense. This defense is just disgusting. Now we have Bosa, Armstead, D, D Ford. Everyone is back, Matt. I'm glad Ford restructured. Everybody forgot about Ford. Because he, he didn't do anything in their Super Bowl run. He didn't do anything last year at all. They traded that second-round pick for him and gave him a big contract extension immediately. Like It was the same year where Clowney was traded late, but then Ford was traded and Frank Clark was traded about the same time. And uh, and so here we are now with uh, with the setup that we have going on. It's going to be – I would never want to play against this defense. And the fact that they were all injured last year means that they're going to be better this year, in my opinion. I just think that they're just going to be so dominant where their quarterback play is going to be so dicey at times, but it's just going to be coming down to them not being able to make mistakes. It's I just need their running backs to stay healthy, but that's why, like I mentioned, they drafted two others. So as long as they have an arsenal of eight, and I think they do, they're going to be just fine. Well, so they have Mosert. They have Trey Sermon, who I love. They have Wayne Gallman. They have Jeff sure. Wilson. Sure. They have Elijah Mitchell, like you mentioned. That's five. I'm sure they got two and more in the Jamichael practice Tasty. squad. And yeah, Jim Michael Tasty. That's six. Boom. That's six. Yeah, that's, that's six. good. And there we but go, man. Are you getting drafted to 49ers running back in fantasy this year? Yeah, you have to at least draft Mozart. That's all you have to touch. Anybody else you can't do. Otherwise, they're just like Brita, where they're going to be so exciting one week, and then the next week they're going to get you two points, and then you're going to cry because they cost you the game. After you were relying on them so much, I hate Brita more than anything. Well, hey, he's in Buffalo now, so you have to watch Mill. I'm probably going to still pick him up now. 
Um, I I think I'm not worried about the defense without Salah. I think they're going to really like similar like cover four, cover seven, cover schemes. But I'm interested with Ryan's because Salah didn't do a lot of blitzing at all, or like a lot of very like creative blitzes, uh, even whenever he did. And so Ryan's playing in a Wade Phillips defense before and everything like that. I think we could see some more interesting blitz schemes with Ryan's and we saw with Salah. And like Fred Warner's the second best linebacker. No, Fred Warner's the best linebacker in football. Um, Dre Greenlaw's a really great coverage linebacker too. And they, so like I'm excited to see what he can come up with as far as the blitzing goes. Instead of just being like front four rushing and, and pass rush stunts that you create open lanes. Um, I'm excited to see what he comes up with from like a blitz perspective. But yeah, I think the defense is even better with uh, Ryan's this year than it was last year. Top five defense in football here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you here. I, and I Bosa like was so good in that one week he played last year. It was like, it was, like, it was like watching Watt. I was like, this is like watching J.J. Watt all over again. What? He was You're that the... good week one. You mean Arnold Donaldson? Arnold Donaldson? Donaldson? Whoever his name is? I'm talking about Nick Bosa. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about how you just compared. Oh, so him he goes, he goes. Donald. Wait, you don't think that JJ Watt. had the best? Yeah, I think Donald's better than Watt is. And then, but Bosa's playing like a Watt sort of level in that Week One game last year. Whatever. I don't even believe you anymore. You're such like a hypocrite. You're a back and forth phony, man. I'm not back and forth anything. That's all. I just, I just heard. made two different comparisons. That's all. I don't like your comparisons. They just don't make sense to me. I got a comparison for you right here. You got, I don't see anything there. I'm gonna punch the screen, and you're gonna feel it 45 miles away. I don't know. Yeah, earthquake. Nope. I'm not listening to you anymore. Except for the fact, Nick Bosa, man, he could be what comeback player of the year and defensive player of the year. Yeah, I think it's in play. Yeah, I think you got you got to be able to say that about the guy because this is that's what I mean. If I'm another quarterback in this division, I'm kind of scared. And we're going to be talking about who I think is the worst team in this division next. And I think they're going to be scared. Scared? Because quarterbacks are going to die. Um, Tyler, Russell, quarterbacks could die this season. Yeah, okay. So my killer prediction is that this is a Super Bowl caliber team if Lance starts. No, my cute little prediction is that, and again, I hope I'm wrong, and you have already proven me wrong with some of these already, but my cute little prediction is, man, I'm not kidding. He's going to be starting Jimmy G. I hope not. I really hope not. Jimmy G. I looked it up today because I was like, where are we at on this? And they haven't made an announcement yet. They haven't said anything. So their schedule is... At Detroit, Philadelphia, two easy games. Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona, bye. Then Indy, Chicago, Arizona, Los Angeles, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincy, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, Los Angeles. They have an easy schedule this year, you know? And uh, I really don't want Jimmy. I really don't. That's why you're going to get Jimmy. Because it's like what we are even saying, too. He's not going to be bad enough to where they're going to try trade because they're going to keep winning games. What do you think Jimmy's doing in 2022? What do I think he's doing? Yeah. He's probably going to Indianapolis. (laughs) That'd be good. They just keep churning out one-year quarterbacks over and over again. (laughs) That's what I think is going to happen. And they just lose the first from the playoffs over and over again. And everybody keeps going, Chris Ballard's the best GM in football over and over again. It's either there or he's going to Vegas. You choose. 
because Jimmy G belongs in Vegas. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can see him being like a backup in Vegas. Oh my God, Derek Carr and Jimmy G is your quarterback, and Marcus Mariota, all three of them. Oh my God, Gruden would be doing interviews with them three. We only accept interviews together, guys. We all three have to be here. Maybe Houston. Maybe? I could see Jimmy in Houston. The Texans are that dumb, and he used to be in New England, and they're all about that crap. That'd be so awful. That'd be the worst choice ever. From Deshaun to Jimmy, and they draft like a, a an offensive guard. Or like they draft like a defensive end in the, with their first overall pick, and then trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't wait to make the thirty for thirty about the Houston Texans, the team that blew up. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> or do we say it's 30 for 30 uh, one night in a massage parlor? That's that's junk. That's, that's bad. Junk. That's tasteless. That's classless. That's, that's junk. What? I, I don't that's... like that one. Why? It's a 30 for 30 title. Yeah, but by that that's time, it'd be, like, it'd be like 45 for 45. It really is insane, though. Like Everything that's happened since Jackie Street got to Houston and since they fired Brian Gain. Listen, it's been off the rails. <laughs> just just say the truth, too, about the Deshaun situation. Come on. The New England Patriots owner got away with having to go to the massage parlor. Why can't Deshaun, right? I don't know. I don't have anything to say to that. It's bad stuff, though. Um, so the over-under here for San Francisco is 10.5. Look, we're professionals. Clean that up. The over-under <laughs> here for San Francisco is 10.5. I'm going the over. I'm going 12-5. and five. All right, I'm gonna go with the over as well, and I'm gonna go eleven and six. Eleven and six. So the final team of the 2021 NFL preview, the Seattle Seahawks. Last time we saw the Seahawks, uh, they had they played the Los Angeles Rams at home. They blew it, and the only play I really rem- I remember Russell Wilson running for his life. And then DK Metcalf scored that touchdown with that like fake screen turned to a touchdown. And that was like the only play Metcalf had the entire day. And also and then also Pete Carroll had that really cowardly punt in the fourth quarter that iced the game for him. But after that loss, Russell Wilson took to the airwaves. He complained about his offensive line, the coaching staff, the way they were playing, um, and won it out. And the only thing that really kinda it's not like bit on him was Chicago, but Seattle, of course. You know, turned that trade down. So here he is back in Seattle, similar to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, did you buy the Russell Wilson like trade rumors? Do you think anything was going to happen? And was this just like Wilson airing out his grievances so the team can be kind of be made more in his image? Man, I am. I love me the magician. I've always come on the show every single season talking about how much I love the magic tricks, talking about how much I love the magician, talking about how much I love to go watch the show. But my whole problem now this season is I didn't like the whole negative thing about him. Because, Matt, what has changed? Since he made those comments, what changed with the team? What well, did they add? They got a new offensive coordinator. Okay. What about the O-line? Shane Waldron. What? What about the O-line? They added, well, like Arizona. They added Gabe Jackson, like how Arizona had Rodney Hudson. That was it? That was all that Russell? That's what I mean, though. 
is that it seemed like what Russell Wilson was complaining about was much bigger than them adding one guy to the offensive well, line that then is just all of a sudden, oh, I'm happy as can be. It, it just doesn't make sense to me with this team, which is why I don't have a lot of confidence in this team this year. There seems to be a lot of things that's brushed underneath this rug to where we're still supposed to be expecting them to be the same Seattle Seahawks, which that's why I – dude, I just – so, so you're saying it's like there's a, it's a skid mark in the underwear – and this, the underwear flipped inside out, so nobody sees it whenever they throw in the washing machine. Yeah, and you're just trying to hide it. Or you're at a party and you poop yourself, and you're trying to be like, I have to go to the restroom without running to the restroom. So it's being able to just hide it and being sneaky about it, but eventually someone's going to notice that, it's not. It's not as all. It's not as all as it was. Well, I kind of see. I kind of like their offensive line this year because Dwayne Brown's somehow still one of the five best left tackles in football. Uh, right. Damian Lewis is a good run blocker, but he was kind of the biggest issue they had as far as pass protection goes. Ethan Pochick was you know fine last year at center. You know, Gabe Jackson's one of the ten best guards in football. Um, Brand Shell's a you know question mark at right tackle, but like, he's athletic and but like Lewis is young and Shell's pretty young too. That you can see improvement for from them, you know, this year. So I don't really hate their offensive line, and I love like what they did at wide receiver, where it's like, okay, we have two of the best vertical threats in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, <laughs> and we're going to draft Dwayne Eskridge in the second round. Just have another one. So we have four guys who just can run vertical. Uh, Swaim's pretty good that way too, and Gerald Everett's like a good tight end. I know Olsen was hurt a lot last year, but Everett will provide some like, you know, simple. Um, you chain moving sort of catches too, and like Chris Carson breaks a ton of tackles, and uh, and he's a lot of fun as well. So like, I mean, I think this offense is going to be great again. You know, this year too. I don't really have those same questions and concerns. And I also think getting rid of Brian Schoenheimer is going to make an enormous difference too, because Schoenheimer, you know, Schoenheimer was awful his time in Seattle, constantly trying to set up the run and not really giving you know Wilson the reins to air the ball out downfield. Um, and I think with the all with like the stuff with Wilson too, it's how he plays the game as well. Like he lends himself to getting hit a lot because of how he plays. And that's what makes Seattle so successful at the same time too. So you you seem like that you're on the boat of oh the drama meant nothing. Everything is fine. Everything is happy all down in Seattle. This is the same old team. I think they're fine. I don't know. I don't know what's going on as far as that portion of it goes. But like See, I don't I don't think like whenever they start playing. You know, him being upset in April is gonna like be a be a dead like affect their season this year unless they start like one and five or something. But I think they're too talented for something like that to happen. You know, maybe. And so you like Chris Carson this year? Yeah, I do. I'm hoping that he's gonna be able to be healthy, and I'm hoping that more than anything that Seattle is gonna be able to have a better game plan than just bomb it down to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Which, even though it's fun, it just seems like that's it's what they were. It's a lot of improv, you know. Well, it just seemed like that's all they were looking for last year. Which is why, even with you saying that you like the offensive line, the offensive line wasn't really there for me, it seemed. I just wasn't confident in anything that this team showed where there were cracks in this team where you just weren't confident going into the offseason of your quarterback already being unhappy and like I mentioned, they didn't really do anything for me. This is like the same team. I don't really see the improvement here that truly would make Russell Wilson be like, I'm a believer. This is – I don't get this. He has DK. He has DK. DK is the greatest thing. 
top five, whatever. Everett, I like him added as tight end. Lockett has another year now. And now he's not the numero uno completely, not even close. I just, I don't know. There's something about it. And like what I've always said, I'm a true magician. I've always been on that Seattle offensive end. I'm not feeling it this year. And I don't understand why. There's a bad taste in my mouth here. I, I, I mean, they had that swoon last year. I get mean, like offensive line wise, like Damian Lewis was the was the guy who gave a ton of pressure. And they had problems whenever Shell got hurt because Uga Behe's, you know, is awful. Um, but like they did have that swoon last year and Russell Wilson wasn't playing at MVP level. And like that's what that's what got that train moving was him being absolutely, you know, bonkers. And they had that swoon every start throwing receptions in the middle part of the year. They kinda of picked back up at the end of the season. The one thing that also happened in the year two is their defense really picked up. Um, defensively, they had DVOAs of negative eleven point eight percent against the Giants, negative twenty seven percent against the Jets, negative one point six percent against Washington, negative thirty three point eight percent against the Rams, negative seventeen point four percent against San Francisco, and then negative thirteen point nine percent against Los Angeles. And the defense went from one of the worst in the league to start the year. I saw like in that uh, almost lost against Minnesota. In that game against Arizona, where you know Wilson would be ridiculous, but the defense did pick up in the second half of the season. Are you buying that this is going to be a good defense this year? And what we saw at the end of last year is going to carry over to this season at all? In this division, no, I just don't see again with this defense. That's why I'm not truly confident in this team with their already drama on the offensive side. With this defense, I'm not that confident, even with them having some type of streak last season. I just don't think that this is anywhere close to that dominant Seattle in that. Oh, everyone... for sure, yeah. This is not going to be a dominant defense, but I think this is a good defense, though. I, I, like going through this, I like this defense. What? Why? They have eight edge rushers. What are you doing with that? Do you have a fresh defensive line that you can always rotate guys? And they have L.J. Collier, they have Carlos Dunlap, they have Benson Mayoa, they have Rasheem Green. They have Kerry Hyder, they have Alton Robinson, That's they have not, Bruce Irvin, they have Darrell Taylor. I can't wait to finally get to watch Darrell Taylor after they drafted him in the second round. Like a pure athletic standpoint, he was hurt last year. They, I mean, that's a their their edge rush depth is ridiculous, and they have two big fat guys in Puna Four and Al Woods on the interior on run on rundowns. It's gonna be a lot of fun to see how uh, they they switch guys in and out um, along their defensive line passing downs. And like, I think this is just a super deep pass rush, you know. So you're actually expecting this team to be able to, again, this is what I'm trying to like get across to you here in this division. I think you're wrapped up in the drama. I'm yeah, a little bit. I'm more wrapped up though in this also division here, comparing the defense to the others. This is, what do you think? This is better than maybe Arizona's? Yeah, this is better than Arizona's. But I don't think it's better than the Rams. I I think it's going to be about the same as the Rams. See, and I'm not there with this. Because it's just, it's just deeper. This is where this division and Seattle, it's unfair to them because they're in part of – they were in the NFC East. Sure, I'd give you all the credit in the world. This is one of the best teams. They're going to make a run. But because of the division they're in, I just don't see them being able to make any type of run. I mean, we just really disagree on how I feel about Seattle, you feel about Los Angeles, and how you feel about Los Los Angeles. That's how I feel about Seattle. This is just insane. I don't even know who you are anymore. You're well, like the person. funny the funny thing about this defensive line too is that those guys aren't even their best pass rusher. Their best pass rusher is Jamal Adams, 
Adams, I think, is the funniest player in the NFL. Uh, he had nine half sacks last year, 11 tackles for a loss, 14 quarterback hits, and tied, led the team in all three of those categories. But in coverage, he gave up 10.4 yards a pass, which yeah. ranked uh, 61. He had a success rate 42%, which was 56. And so it's like they pay, they're they paying you know $21 million for a six-foot you know, pass rusher. He weighs that's 225 all, pounds. That's all they're doing. And that's whenever they were it's in the so playoffs, they were trying to make the run last year. Well, his was, groin was hurt last year, Taylor. He, well, Matt, he was like <laughs> in so many different braces where he looked like whenever he was running after, it, they're going to break him eventually. He's ridiculous. His body, his body isn't supposed to do what he's doing. No, I think he's, I mean, like Baker does the same sort of stuff, but he doesn't blitz like he does. But like Baker makes insane tackles and he's fine. Groin injuries are different. It's not like he has like a broken neck over and over again or concussions over and over again. He's not Landon Vender Ash, you know? Oh, hey, we got another linebacker in order to replace that. So, but that's what I mean. Like, he hasn't had, and Adams has never been hurt at all before, but groins are weird. You know, hamstrings are weird. Uh, I'm not really worried about him being hurt. But the other thing about Seattle, unlike, like, Arizona doesn't have any cornerback play. But Seattle has good safety play, and they don't play a lot of man coverage. They play that cover three scheme, and they have a Kelly Weatherspoon who's good at that at that position. Their other cornerback spot with DJ Reed's pretty much an unknown, but they did trade for Sidney Jones this year, and they've trade Flowers in the slot. I think the cornerback group is like probably it's below average. It's probably like, you know twentieth or whatever. Um, but Quandre Diggs and Adams they have the safety play back it up, and they also have great linebacker play too. Bobby Wagner who can carry out every single coverage task. I think Jordan Brooks is going to have a good season um, as a coverage linebacker too, and kind of have a bigger role. Like last year, he missed, he missed a lot of tackles and kind of got lost in coverage sometimes too. But like I I think this offense isn't going to be like how it was the first five weeks of the year last year. But I think this defense improvement's real. I think this defense is going to be good this year. I think you have a top five passing offense to go along with it, and that's all you need to have a really good football team. I'm not. I'm just not buying into this. You can try to sell me all you want, but I'm just not into this. When it comes to that secondary, I feel like I like the secondary more than you because I don't mind some DJ Reed. I don't mind some Jamal Adams. I don't mind some Diggs. I could use that in my yeah, secondary. Diggs is a great, like, deep middle yeah. safety. I mean, Adams is like plays that Cam Chancellor role, you know, like the hammer. Uh, but he's bad in coverage, oh, no. you know. And Witherspoon's good in that role, too. I I completely agree when it comes this to that This can be a good defense, Taylor. I'm not, good. I'm not buying into the front. I'm just not that they're going to be able to pressure the quarterback whatsoever for I, me. They're going to. They're, they're going to have eight guys with four sacks. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not buying into this, man, compared they're to all the They're going to have teams. eight guys with four sacks, I'm telling you. Compared to all the other teams that we have talked about tonight, this is, again, bottom tier. This is not what I'm looking for. This is probably one of the best secondaries that we've talked about tonight. But that's about it. I think Los Angeles has a better secondary. Well, that's fine. But anybody else? Uh, I think. No. Mm, no. It's better than San Francisco's. It's better than Arizona's. Yeah. See, but, but I think per- it's still below average, though. Um. So I'm the, not buying into this. I'm not about to this team. The other thing that's important to remember about Seattle too is that they are impervious to regression. They can never be normal. They always have to have some stupid season with plenty of stupid games, too. Last year, they had tournament differential plus four. 
They went eight and three in one score games. They won one point nine more games than expected. They hold on, uh, hold on. what was their record with one score games? Eight and three. What's your motto? Oh well, no. This is what. All right, you want to hear it? Oh yeah. You want to hear what their record in one score games was in two thousand nineteen? Yeah, actually, I do. Because they do this every year. In 2019, they went 10 and 2 in one score games. Oh. Do you want to hear what, what it was in 2018? What was it? Let me f- see. All right. Seattle. They went 5 and 6 in 2018. Oh. They won 10 games that year, though. You want to hear what it was in 2017? What was it? Let's see. Where's Seattle at on this list? Seattle. Uh, they went. Four and six in 2017. Oh! All right, you went 2016. They went five and three in 2016. Proven wrong. You went 2015. I don't want 2015. Two and five. But the last two years, though, they've been able to win close games back to back, going ten and two in the A and three last year. Um, I don't think they're gonna have to play. I don't think they're gonna play that many close games this year. I think they're actually gonna finally be able to blow some teams out. Because you know, like, I think defense is going to be good. It's not going to be all Russell Wilson having to be completely ridiculous. I think defense is going to be better to not have to have him be like we like Colin Murray needs to be this year for Arizona. I just I'm buying into the real world here, and I'll agree with that. I that's where I may be a little bit biased. You're being a gossip I'm, girl on this one. I am. I'm buying into the drama. How can I not? You didn't really improve anything. For me to be like, oh, he's completely satisfied. Now he's happy. I'm not buying into it. Something's off. Something just doesn't seem right. And you know what? I hope the magician turns to form. I hope I get the greatest performance ever. And once again, I hope I am wrong. But the drama's too real sometimes. Yeah, well, they had five starters this offseason, and they had another deep threat. Does that make you feel any better? That doesn't make me feel any better. Okay. Um, so my cue prediction is that the defense improvement at the end of last year sticks this year and they have a good defense this year. My cute little prediction is that DK Metcalf is top three receiver this year. By yards or what? Yeah, I'll go. Well, no, I've done by, you know what? No, I'm going to go by TDs here. Okay. Is he like Devontae Adams have 18? Yeah. That I'm is gonna, so stupid that he had 18 last year. I'm going to say 18 and 20 for DK. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So the over-under here for Seattle is 10. I'm taking the over. I'm going 12-5. and five. And I think this one's a lot, too. I'm going under. I'm going 8-9. Eight and 8-9? Eight and nine. Wait, we are doing the same thing with L.A., aren't we? Yeah. I hate you. It's going to be an interesting one to, to look back on. We have the complete opposites, though. If that's all we have to do is switch these two teams and we're talking about the same damn thing. Yeah, except I like San Francisco more than you. Well, San Francisco is just so weird because I hate their quarterback situation. You can like Trey all you want, but Trey hasn't shown me. I Again, he could show me something special. I'm just not going to buy into it until I see it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. like it's kind of like the Herbert thing last year, too. You know. Oh, but we saw it. <laughs> well, we saw it right away. I read... Uh, <laughs> That ESPN had like a interview with Justin Herbert, and uh, I think I think Justin Herbert just has autism. <laughs> oh he doesn't like being filmed at all. He doesn't like the spotlight at all. He doesn't like having sort of social media. He doesn't like being talked to really at all. And like he like talks about how everything has to be neat and in order. He's like, 
there's a, I'm, I'm not going to have the exact quote here, but it's like, uh, things belong in places and they need to go where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> like his whole like wardrobes, like color coordinated, everything's organized like perfectly. It's like Ben Affleck and the accountant. That's Justin Herbert. That's great. And you know what? I, that makes me like him even more. Hell, if, Dallas turns out to be the team that I think they're going to be, and Dak may blow $75 million out the window. I'm going to give me a Justin Herbert jersey. You I'm should. Gonna do, I'm going to do it. You should. They got like nine different jerseys to choose from. I'm gonna, yeah, Hell yeah. I need a Rams. You know what? A Rams jersey would be so sick. Be Chargers, uh, not Rams. Oh, I'm sorry. I always think LA. That's what I you really You should give yourself a Stafford jersey. Well, actually, I was going to say, I'll get me a Stafford jersey, and I'll get... Why do I like their quarterbacks in LA more than my own quarterback? Same How works. am I? It's not the I same thing this. here. What the hell? I'm choosing LA teams over this. Uh, it's all the hills you watch. Oh man, I love this. Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams that it wash away. And it's just highlights of Matthew Staff from Justin Herbert. <laughs> That's all it is. Just in the rain while Hillary Duff is singing. There I would go. love. These are the, the best times of our lives. So, to recap, Arizona, eight and a half. I have the under at eight. You have the under at seven. Larm, at ten and a half. I have the under at nine and eight. You have the over at 12 and five. San Francisco, ten and a half. I have the over at 12 and five. You have the over at 11 and six. Seattle, at 10, at 10 wins, I have the over at 12 and five. You have the under at eight and nine. Yep. That's it. That's it. We did it. That's all we got. It's over. Yeah. It's I'm, done. I'm sad already. I missed it already. It's every pigeon, dude. It's done. Um, so I, we're going to, I guess we're going to do a separate show for some predictions, but unless you want to give your playoff predictions right now, we just don't even do it. No, I don't have any true playoff prediction. I have a few teams, but I'm not going to go. Right, I'll give you your time. You have to go through and, and write down your playoff teams. That's fine. You can't put me on the spot because, what, there's six teams? There's like 20 of them now. That's what I mean. I can't do this all in one sitting here on the spot. No way, Jose. Who do you think I am? I cut down a tree today. I'm a man. Yeah, I thought you were a professional, but. I'm not a professional. I can't do that. On I don't have that ready. Are you kidding me? I don't have homework. Um, the, te- the Texans today, they asked Tyrod Taylor, like, have you been named the starting quarterback? He's like, no, they haven't told me anything yet. <laughs> That's good. And maybe Deshaun, who knows? Maybe they're holding out for Deshaun still. They are still holding out for Deshaun. That's all they want It's Deshaun. Everybody wants Deshaun. I would trade him already. You would? Yeah. Well, I like would I, trade him next year. Denver has to be – look about it. I mean, Denver has to be offering something big, you would think. No, they're good. Denver doesn't need them. Matt. We're not going to do this, are we? They're good. They don't need them this year. We're going to have so many arguments over this. But then I the problem like- too, if you're Houston, is that you wouldn't want to trade him to Denver and then get like the 18th, like the 21st overall pick. That's well, the problem. The, you're going to have to trade Miami. Then. Oh, give yep. me, give me Patrick Sertan and give me two first round picks or give me the 27th pick. Cool. Thank you. Give me Bradley Chubb, who's never been that good. Great. Yeah, talk about a guy who's never really proven himself. He had one good year, and they got hurt two years in a row. Disgusting. I hate those guys. Um, yeah, they're good, dude. Don't even worry about them. 
I always worry about everybody. I hope, I hope he goes to Carolina. No. You know who I think is a, a sneaky spot for Deshaun is the Giants. That's not a sneaky spot because they're going to believe in Danny Dimes for no, the rest but of the year. What, what you're missing here is that they have the Bears' first-round pick. And the Bears may win five games this year. So the Bears may have like a top-seven pick also. So they can trade two first round because the Bears trade up for Fields. Uh, so the Giants could probably and the, the Giants may be bad this year too. The Giants may win five games also, so they may have like two top ten picks, and then you do two top ten picks and whatever else you know. That may be another way too. So you have three top ten picks next draft. Sound you know what sounds like a good dream. I could see the Giants happening, but anyways, until the next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening, to Ballroom Radio. Thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. We'll be back on Monday with some sort of season prediction thing, and then we'll start previewing the games uh, here on out. Yeah, um, I was just kidding about the massage. You better be. (laughs) That's junk. I wasn't kidding about JJ not trying this year. Don't you ever. Yeah. Ever. Uh I'll take back one thing, but I won't take back another. Ever. I never. Question. What's in that man's heart? And what's what, what, what's filled in his soul? You know what he's doing right now as you're saying that? He's like tossing the dollar bills. He's doing that. Can you hear my hands right now? That's what he's doing with the dollar bills. No, That's he's, he's sleeping because it's uh-huh. nine, 10 o'clock in Arizona and it's bedtime. He's sleeping on his bed of money. It looks it's like the Breaking Bad scene where he's unveiling it to Skyler. Ugh, Skyler. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, later. I thought I was breaking. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.